Amen. Grab a seat real fast this morning. I need to tell you about a few things. Um, and be thinking about a couple of, of things that you praise the Lord for this morning. Let's share a few of those. Uh, first of all, this, uh, this next week, we have our, our Friday fellowship. Is this Friday, 10 o'clock, uh, here in the gathering place, coffee, food, games, and fellowship. So if you want to be a part of that, that's a lot of fun. You can come and, uh, and join us at, at 10 a.m. Uh, on Friday. That's for anybody who would like to come. Uh, and then next uh, Sunday... Next Sunday is our, our chili and game night. That's the Super Bowl Sunday, so we'll have a, a Super Bowl on the big screen, um, and we'll do something there at the halftime. That's that's a, a fellowship thing for us. But uh, but next Sunday, if you want to bring some chili, we'll have a, uh, a, a an award for the best chili of some sort. So uh, bring some chili with you. Bring uh, a board game. That's for anybody that like to come next Sunday night. And then I want to draw your attention there at the very last of our stuff. Um, is this thing called Man Church. And so guys, I, wanna, I want you to be praying about this with me. Man Church, what is Man Church? Uh, it is godly encouragement for ordinary guys, okay? So if, you're, if you'd say, well, I need to be encouraged, or I have a friend that needs to be encouraged, uh, that's what that is. It'll be a Saturday night uh, there at the end of February. And here's the deal, guys. It doesn't cost anything, but you do need to pick up a ticket. And when you pick up a ticket, I'm talking to our guys in the church fellowship here, you need to get a ticket for you, and you need to get a ticket for at least one friend. And when you take that ticket, you're saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to find a, a guy that needs to be invited to come and to hear the gospel. To, we'll have a great meal. I think it's a brisket meal. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and we'll hear a testimony uh, time in that and, and a great message um, from a guest speaker. So I invite you to that. Put that on your calendar um, and pre prepare to be uh, inviting uh, one friend to come with you, all right? So you hear more about that stuff. What do you praise God for this morning over here? What's the praise you have? Getting to be, be with all your friends. Amen. Amen. We got Miss Sandra playing with us. All right. Very good. Very good. A couple other praises this morning. What do you praise God for? For the Buccaneers, all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> One more praise this morning. What do you praise? Four new baby calves. All right. Well, that's good. Good for the rancher over there. All right. What'd you say, Benny? Amen. Amen. That's a good praise. Let's clap for that one. Let me open us in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this fellowship and this church. We, we praise you for uh, the things that we shared today and so much more. This morning as we sing, we pray you would be the focus of our worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Got our kids. Y'all come on up here. Got a few. Come on up. Come on up. All right. Over here. Looks good. Looks good. Right. Very good. So, how many of y'all have a birthday? Y'all ever have a birthday? Only a few of you have had a birthday? All right, yeah? Is, is birthday fun? Now, I'm going to pick on my friend Hala. Hala, when is your birthday? Month, is that tomorrow? Can we clap for Hala having a birthday tomorrow? All right. And Hala, you're going to be how old? Ten years old. That's exciting. Now, 
uh, 10 years old. Now, when you get a birthday and I give you a gift, okay, uh, and now last week, uh, money and y'all passed out. Was that pretty good Sunday to pass out that money? Yeah, you felt, felt like you had something to do, right? All right, so if I give you a gift, Kayla, tomorrow on your birthday, all right, or if I give you a gift, all right, you guys pay attention, if I give you a gift on your birthday, what is, let's, let's talk about what would be the wrong way, what would be the wrong way for you to take that gift from me? If I have a gift and it has your name on it, I'm going to give it to you, Kennedy, what would be the wrong way for you to take that gift from me? Just swipe it, right? That wouldn't be very good, right? What else would be a bad way to take a gift from somebody? Hala, if I have a gift for you tomorrow, what would be a bad way for you to take that gift from me? Steal it, okay. Right, that would be very bad. Eli, what were you going to say? A bad way to take that gift from, from me if I have a gift for your birthday. Just rip it out of my hands. That wouldn't be very good, all right? Just take it. That wouldn't be very nice, would it? All right, so what would be a good way? When somebody gives you a gift, what's the nice way to, to receive that gift? Anybody think of anything? Okay, Sloan, do you have anything? A good way, all right? Go ahead, Kennedy, a nice way. Let them hand it to you, okay? You can wait until the right time and not steal it. That's very good. Go ahead. You can, you can ask him if this is the right time to have that present. Say thank you. That's very good. So, so one of the things we're talking about today is everybody look right here. There's a verse here, all right? And it says this in James. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Gift and every perfect gift is from who? From God, right? Every good thing in our life is from God. It's a gift to us. And we'll talk about salvation being a gift to us. But every think about every good thing that you have is a gift from God. So how do we receive those good things from God? Do we steal them? Do we swipe it out of his hand? And, and do we just take it and say it's, it's mine? How, how do we respond when God gives us a good gift? We thank him, right? Kennedy, you guys got a neat gift this last year with uh, your little baby brother, right? And, and part of receiving that gift from God is to what? Is, 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 to, is to thank God for a new, a new brother, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. What were you going to add, Sloan? Something? We thank, we thank God. We're a, we're a thankful people, all right? So this week, Hala, you ought to be thanking anybody who gives you a, a birthday gift, right? Are you going to? Are you going to thank people? Okay, all right, all right, we got it out of her. So if you want to give Hala a, a, a birthday present, tomorrow's her birthday, she's 10 years old, all right? So Hala, maybe somebody will, will give you a present, an extra one, all right? All right, well, you guys go have a seat. Thank you all for your help today, and let's be thankful, all right? All right. Still cutting out on me? Oh, nice, nice catch. If you have a Bible this morning, uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 12. That's where we're going uh, to get back to. We're talking about uh, giving, greed, and generosity, okay? Giving, greed, and generosity. Last week was kind of a different week. I handed out money, all right? I handed out money, and I told you uh, to, to think about the, the, the value of, of that uh, whatever, 
whatever denomination you had. It was a, a dollar or even a hundred dollars we gave to somebody. Uh, some of you still have that. You're thinking about money, but we're we're looking at an an, an idea uh, of giving greed and generosity. Jesus talked a lot about money. He talked over and over about greed and protecting and watching out for greed. This last year uh, in our world, we've gone through a pandemic, right? We're still in whatever whatever phase we're in. We're here today, and you're here today, and folks are watching online today. And one of the things that, that I've uh, kind of just thought about this last month, really, do you all know that is, this, is today the last day of January, correct? Tomorrow's February, all right, in 2021. Here, here we are. Here we're, here, here we're going. And I think back to uh, spring break last year, right? We think back to, and some of you are like, man, that was a long time ago. Spring break was the last day of school uh, for our kids last year, and then they started back in August. But here we are going through this, uh, this time in our history, in, in your, the history of your family, and many things have happened in the last uh, year here as, as we come up to, to March. And one of the things that I'm reminded of is that um, when it comes to life, there's no pause button through this, right? So, and, and as we've gone through this, there's been a lot of times myself, I've said, well, uh, you know, for, for me as a pastor, I was like, wow, if we could just make it to the summertime, maybe we can figure out this pandemic, right? And then it was, wow, if we could just make it to August, when the kids can go back to school. And then it was kind of, as it crept up a little bit, well, if we could just make it to the holidays, we could kind of have a break. And yet, here we are, right? Here we are, and there's really no pause button for us as people. We are going through this. Life is continuing to give us the ups and the downs through this. We have people, I'll pick on the prices, uh, they welcomed a new baby in the middle of this up and down time, Right? Life continues to go on. There, there's, there's a continuation, and really today is the best day for us to live our life. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not whenever we get to through this season. And so as I've thought about that, it kind of equates to something I, I hear tied a lot to money. I hear this tied a lot to, to money. It's one of the points that we'll look at today. And the, the point is this. I really want to be a generous person, and as soon as I get enough money, as soon as I get enough money, then I'm really going to be a generous person, right? As soon as I hit all the numbers on the jackpot, I've heard that one even before, right? If, if God can just help me win that lottery, right, if it, if it would just be his will, then, then I'm really going to bless a lot of people. If only I could just get a, a, a good job or pay off this or buy this or, or, or do this, then I'll really be able to bless people. I'll really be able to give. The story that we're going to look at this morning and, and open with is, is, is in confrontation to that. Because the truth is this, you're never going to have enough money, right? None of us, if you, especially if you have kids, you'll never have enough money. Can I get an amen on that one? All right, a few amens. Parents, uh, dads of daughters, amen, all right, okay, never, there will, there will never be enough money where you get to a place and you say, okay, now I'm going to really sacrificially be a giver. As we look at Jesus, as we looked at his teaching last week about greed, he said, remember, watch out, he said, watch out for greed, 
It's going to come at you. You got to watch out. And I use that illustration of going to the t-ball practice, right? And the bats are flying around. You better watch out because a bat might come at you at t-ball practice. When Jesus talks and he, he gives us uh, his teaching in, in the parable we looked at last week, he says, watch out for all kinds of greed. So this morning we're looking at giving. If you have a Bible, Mark chapter 12, verse 41, when I use the word giving, people kind of tense up. They say, whoa, better hang on. I better leave my checkbook at home today, right? Uh, a friend of mine, a, a pastor friend of mine said that um, whenever you take somebody out to lunch and you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, he said sometimes you get alligator arms. You ever heard that term? Where it comes to pay the bill, and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't find my billfold, right? I can't find my billfold. When you talk about giving, sometimes that's the same thing in church. You say, well, I, I, I don't want to talk about that. It makes me uncomfortable. But we're going to talk about giving. You know why? Because Jesus talked about giving. He talked about being generous, and he talked about watching out for all kinds of greed. So here in the book of Mark, chapter 12, uh, over in verse 41, it's a very short passage we're going to open with. This morning, in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, it says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Verse 42, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more money, has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live on. Very short passage recorded here, and I believe over in the book of Luke as well. And it's a story about Jesus watching people give. Now, as we, as we go into this this morning, as we, as we look at giving, there's a couple of big truths this morning as we look at giving to the Lord. We look at this example of this widow who gives two very small coins, copper coins, not gold, not silver, copper coins worth very little. As she gave the very little that she had, one of the first truths this morning is it's not about how much you give. Amen? You should say amen, all right? It's not, I'm not talking about how much you give. I'm talking this morning about what Jesus calls us to as believers, which is to address greed and to be a giving and generous people. This morning, the first truth is this. To be a good giver, you and I have to learn how to first receive. To be a good giver to the Lord, to be someone who is, who is generous and gives to God, you and I, we first have to learn how to receive. You will never be able to give to God unless you learn in your heart to receive from the Lord. You'll never really be able to be a, a giver to the Lord and have your heart in it and have your heart in the right place until you learn how to receive from the Lord. Over in James, the verse I shared with the kids, over in James chapter 1, says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
what I have, the things that I have, the life that I have, is if anything is good in my life, it's because God gave it to me. All right? The good things that we have, the things that we have, the first part about being a giver is being a receiver and understanding this. The gifts, the, the blessings that you have in your life is not because you worked hard and got them all on your own. It's because God blessed your life. Now, that's tough for us to understand because we want to work hard and we want to say, well, I've earned this and I've done this. And who's at the center of those sentences? I am, right? I've done this. This is mine. And I want to hang on to it because I have earned it. Now, I don't know if you've ever been humbled before. I got my dad here. If you need to fact check any of my stories I share, you can talk to him afterwards, right? But I want to tell you, my dad, he, he instilled into us uh, growing up about, uh, about <laughs> being grateful, right? I remember whenever it was time to get a car, and my dad, he came and he said, son, I'll buy you a car. And I said, oh, all right, I want a truck. I want a big lift kit on it. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll buy you this car over here, and it was a, it was an old beat up car, right? And I don't even know what what kind it was. It was just a, it was just an old, an old car. And he said, that's that's how that's your budget, two hundred dollars over there, right? He said, but if you if you want to uh, to to work and to, for me to help you with this, uh, he said, I'll I'll help you, and we can have a project truck or a project jeep, which is what we ended up doing. And so. I'm thankful for that. He, he tried to do that. But along the way, there were times as a teenager where I got to, to, to saying, well, this is mine, right? Well, this is, this, is, this is, I know more than my dad over here, and he can attest that he knows more than me, okay? I'm going to confess that this morning. And he would, part of parenting was him reminding me that, in fact, most of what I had as a, as a teen, teenager, even though I worked at it, was all because he helped me, right? He helped. He was gracious. He was patient with me. He gave me a loan when the bank would never give me a loan, right? That sort of thing, right? It's all because, it's all because he loved me. This morning as we talk about giving to the Lord, we talk about what it means to receive. When we receive from God, it changes our perspective on what we have. If you look at your family and you say, you know what, I got a good family because I did all this myself and you don't acknowledge that God has been gracious to you in your life and in your family, first of all, you're lying to yourself. None of us have good kids because we're so great. We have good kids because of God's amazing grace. If you say, well, I have all this stuff because I've worked hard and I didn't take vacation days and I've saved, and I you know what? You have all that stuff. You have all those things because God has been gracious to you in your life. And that's tough for us to understand that God has, has, has given when we work hard, and there's nothing I'm saying against hard work, but I'm saying this, that all the things, the blessings in our life are blessings because God, if they're good, if they're really good, God has given them to us. They're a gift from God. Because this is what I know, if you see your spouse as inferior to you, you're going to be a horrible spouse to them. If you see your spouse as, as someone that you have, you, you are helping out in life, you're going to be a horrible husband or a horrible wife. But if you see your spouse as, as a gift from the Lord, you're going to cherish your spouse. You're going to love them and respect them and try to be the godly man or the godly woman that God has called you to be in that marriage. What we have from God, if there's anything good, every good and perfect gift 
is from God. Now, I say that, and it's in Scripture, but do you really believe that? Because some of the hang-up we have in being a giving and generous people is because we want to hang on to things because we feel like it's ours to hang on to. And this morning, as we talk about giving, we have to understand that we have received from God many blessings. God has given us many blessings, the greatest blessing. And the thing that we can go back to time and time again is our salvation. Over in Ephesians, Paul says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. None of us, none of us can boast about having the right standing before God because of what we've done on our own. We can stand before God in eternity and have a place in eternity, not because of anything we've done or who we are. It's only because of Jesus. And our money and our possessions and our hard work can never earn our salvation. So this morning, as we talk about giving, we must understand every good thing is from God. And also this, our salvation is by grace in Jesus Christ. It's a gift that we're saved. It's not us earning. So if you take everything away, if you, if, if, first of all, if you package everything in your life up and you compare it to eternity, it's very small. All right? Second of all, if you package everything in your life up and you don't have Jesus, it means nothing at all. Because eternity is forever. And it's because of Jesus that we can receive this great gift of salvation. So first of all this morning, to be a good giver, we have to learn to receive from the Lord. This morning, as we talk about giving, if you've never learned to receive salvation from God, if you've never learned that God has given you a gift, everything that I'm about to say, you just go back to this over and over again. You today need to learn how to, how to receive from the Lord a gift, really receive a gift, not like what we were talking about in, in, with the kids. You know, you don't receive a gift and say, oh, it's about time this has shown up. Oh, I earned this birthday present, right? If our kids did that, we wouldn't have a birthday party for them. We receive from the Lord first our salvation. Our pride is going to get in, our, in the way of that, and we have to continually go back and understand that every good gift and every perfect gift is from God above. That's in James chapter 1, verse 17. Giving is letting go of something of value because we know what God has for us is far more valuable than what we're holding on to. Our faithfulness to God allows us to see God's faithfulness. We understand this in, in giving. Giving uh, forces us to let go of something. It forces us to give up something. Now, I remember uh, uh, going and I love to fish, right? And I remember fishing one day uh, on, a, on a, like a, a, a private lake, and there were some uh, some guys that would fish out there, and I remember this one guy caught this huge fish. I mean, it was a big monster fish, and and I was out there, and and he was in this little raft in this this place that we're fishing. It was uh, catch and release, and you could keep the fish uh, only if they were in a certain size. But this big fish that he caught, it was over and out. This is not a fish story. This is a preacher truth. Okay, all right. The fish was over ten pounds. It was it was well over ten pounds. He was in this inner tube. And he pulled this big bass out, and, I mean, he could barely get it up. He wanted me to take his picture, and so I'm over there. And I could see in his eyes, I could see in his eyes, he really did not want 
to let that fish go. And probably if I hadn't been out there fishing, he probably might have taken that fish home with him because it was the biggest fish that he had ever caught. He probably would have taken it to, to have it replicated and, and you know, uh, shown everybody and, and hung on the wall. But he had to let the fish go in the water. You can see it in his eyes. There goes that fish. I'll probably never catch another fish like that again. Sometimes when we think about fishing and letting go uh, a, a prized fish, it's that letting go that's difficult, right? Putting it back out there. When we talk about giving to the Lord, giving is us letting go of something of value because we know what we have in God is far more valuable. When we don't give, when, we, when we're hesitant to hang on to the things that we have, we're saying, what I have in my possession is, is my treasure, is more valuable. It's what we looked at last week with greed. We hang on to this because this is mine and under my control, and I'm not going to let it go. And when we give, and we're in the habit of giving, and one of the reasons giving is so important for us as followers of Jesus, after we understand what it means to receive from God, is when we let go of things, it's tough. It takes discipline to do that. It takes courage to do that. It takes a deliberate action. You know, a lot of us do things on accident. I would say probably uh, tithing is not something you do on accident, right? Not, not, not probably more than once, all right? Giving to God is a deliberate action. It's saying, God, what I have is important to me. This is, this is I've worked hard for this. But what I have in you is far more important. I'm going to honor you with, with what, what you have given me. It's yours anyways. You've given me this as a blessing. And so when we let go of it, it's difficult. But it's a, a giving is letting go of something of value because we know what God has done for us, what he has for us is far more valuable than the thing that we're holding on to. Our faithfulness will allow us to see God's faithfulness and see us see that he has given us far more money, far more things than we'll ever be able to come up with on our own. A generous attitude helps us see things differently. Now, I don't often quote out of the message uh, uh, Bible, the message uh, translation, but this was really good in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. So uh, in the ESV, uh, Jesus is going to say, say in uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, the, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. It goes on to say, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other, and, and, and you cannot serve God and money. All right, in the message uh, translation there, it says this, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide and wonder and believe, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God both you can't worship God and money both. Giving to God helps us see the, the light of Jesus in our life, what's really important. It's, it, it pulls back the, the, the blinds and the curtains, lets the light come in and see where our treasure really is. Jesus says, you can't worship God in money. And folks, let me tell you something. In our 
culture, in American culture, Jesus spoke time and time again in the New Testament about possessions. He used parables to talk about possessions, about giving and greed and being a generous person. And we have got to watch out that we serve God and not money. We have got to watch out because Jesus says you can't serve both of those things. You can't serve both God and money. It's impossible. Is money bad? Don't walk out of here hearing me say money's bad. Money is not bad. Money is not the evil thing. It's the greed in our heart that takes, takes over. It's the false idol worship of money that is evil. So as we talk about worship of the Lord and giving, we need to understand that we can't serve both God and money. Number three, giving, when we give, it will attack selfishness in our hearts. There's a spiritual battle that goes on in our hearts. And this is why Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of evil. We have to watch out and, and be on guard for all kinds of greed in our life. Giving will attack selfishness in our heart. God cares about our heart more than he does about our money. In fact, I'd say this, God cares far more about you giving with the right heart than the money that you give. In fact, this is, this is true. You and I need to be giving to the Lord as believers, as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus. When we have and understand the salvation we have in God, we need to be givers far more than God needs the money that we have. You ever thought about that? If God needed something, what would God do? I mean, when he needed the earth, he just spoke it and it was there, right? We need to be a part of what God's doing far more than God needs the stuff that we have. Giving will attack the selfishness in our heart, the heart condition. Over in the Old Testament, Hosea, Hosea says it like this in chapter 6, um, the Lord speaking, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. He wants a relationship more than he just wants the things. If you're giving with the wrong heart, you're missing the point. And then in Isaiah chapter 1, the Lord is speaking very direct to God's people. Some of the things that he says here about their giving. He says, I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. Verse 13, he says, stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgust me. Verse 16, he says, wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. In verse 18, he says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. They, th though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Talking about the salvation, that pointing to Jesus in that. God is concerned about our heart in giving. If you miss that, if you look at this story that we open with in Mark chapter 12, and you see the problem that Jesus had with people who showed up that it was a heart problem, not how much they gave. The reason he points to this widow who gives less than a penny, right? Two, two small copper pieces. And he points to her and says that he, she gets it and these other people don't is because of what had taken place in their hearts. When we give, we allow God to work on our hearts and attack the selfishness of our hearts. 
So here's that, that, uh, that idea. I'll give, I'll give when I have more to give. I'm just not in a good place to give right now. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to give one day way down the road. And kids, hey, hey, kids, look right here. You know, I'm even talking to you on this. Because sometimes as kids, you say, I'm going to be givers. I'm going to give to God when I get old, right? When I'm old like my mom and dad. Even now, when you have a little, you can still give to the Lord. This is not age dependent. So in that story, Jesus points out that there's some people who give a lot of money. And he says, uh, he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. And this is what he says. They all gave, talking about the, the wealthy, they all gave out of their wealth. They all gave out of their wealth. They all gave with what they had extra, with what they had left over. Now, I'm not against leftovers, all right? Leftovers for dinner, we usually have that on Sunday night, all right, at our house. We have whatever is there. My wife says, you can have whatever's in the refrigerator is what our dinner is on Sunday night. Not against leftovers, they're great. But there's a difference between have a, having a leftover meal and having a meal prepared for you, amen, right? One person, all right. One, y'all, y'all must not have the shift that I have at home, all right? Over in Genesis chapter 4. In Genesis chapter 4, we see this story early on in Scripture. So we have creation in the fall, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. In chapter 4, it says this. Later, talking about Eve, gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain, says this, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and on his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. The, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. I'm going to stop right there in that, that passage. So you have Cain and Abel back at, at the early Genesis, right? The first murder that's recorded is going to be based off of an offering problem, right? A giving problem. One brother gave something to God. It was the firstborn, right? The first, the, 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 first, the best. And God looked with favor on him, and God accepted that because his heart was giving the Lord the best that I can give him, right? Whatever that is, I'm going to give him the best. And then you have Cain. And Abel gave the firstborn, and Cain gave, it just says and describes his gift as some, some of the fruits of the soil, some of the fruits of the soil. And I've heard theologians discuss what this means and and add some great uh, theology to this, to this passage. But very simply, I want to say this. Abel gave his best, and Cain gave some of what he had. He just kind of gave God the leftovers. At the end of that, he was left angry and frustrated that God didn't look with favor on, on what he had done. I want to tell you this morning, as we talk about giving, as we talk about that idea that I'll give I'll give one day when I have more. God isn't interested in more. He's interested in what's going on in our hearts. 
He's interested in us saying to, uh, to him, this is, this is the best that I can give you, Lord. This is, this is, this is what you've given me, and I'm going to offer something to you. As, as, as much as you have blessed my life with salvation, Lord, here is what I give back, an offering back to the Lord, talking about giving. Now, I want to I wrap this up a little bit t- today. First of all, this morning, if you've never received Christ's love for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exempt a few folks in here. You don't need to give a thing today to the Lord except yourself. If you've never turned your life to Jesus, you don't need to put anything in the offering box. If you, if you have, are wrestling with that, you need to wrestle with that. You need to see that God has, God has given you a gift that you need to unwrap because that's what's most important in your heart this morning. If you're here this morning and you, and you have questions about what it means to receive from God a relationship, this morning, the greatest gift you can give God is to ask somebody about that. It's to come during our last song. I'll be here at the front. Come after the, the service. I'll be here at the front. Come this week. Give me a call. Text us. The numbers are they're on the, those sheets of paper. Let, us, let me know that you have a question about what it means to have a relationship with God. That's the, that's the greatest thing you can give God today is your heart, is a response. This morning, if you're in the door and you're a follower of Jesus, but you don't have a church home, you don't, you, this, this message that I'm about to give, and, and some of you are like, another message? Hang with me, okay? If you don't have a church home, the greatest thing you can do is, is to pray to the Lord and say, God, help me find a place where I can invest in the kingdom of God. I, I see very clearly in the, in the early church, God sets it up that we are called to, ha- to be members of a local church. We're members of God's big church. From generation to generation, God's church is huge and meets all over the world in lots of different languages and cultures and contexts and places and looks, and, they, and people sing different songs than we sing here. But God gives us a local church to be a part of. And so maybe part of your journey of giving is to find a local church and maybe you have a local church to give there, to invest in that local community. We see in the early, uh, early church in Acts and, and through, through Paul's teaching in the New Testament that we're called to be a part of a local congregation and to give and to, 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 to tithe in that context. So if that's you this morning, you don't have a church home. I'm not even asking you to give this morning, all right? You're exempt too. You find you a church that you can commit to and be a part of and give to the ministries and, 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 and fall in, in with that church and, and minister. And that will help us help you take, uh, take a part in the big church and it will help you be less focused on, on me and more focused on God. And then finally this morning, the, the message for the church members of First Baptist Santo, okay? You and I, if you're a follower of Jesus and this is your home church, you need to be a giver, all right? Now, I exempted the other people in the room, but here we go, and the people watching online, you, as a, as a follower of Jesus and a part of this church, you need to be a giver. You need to be a tither. In the Old Testament, we see tithing come up. In Genesis chapter 14 is the first mention of, of what a tithe is which is simply a tenth of everything, where it says in Genesis 14, 20, Abram gave God a tenth of everything. In Proverbs, we see this, honor the Lord with your wealth 
and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And Malachi, uh, the Lord is talking there about the problem of, of, of tithing not happening. And it says, will man, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. You know, in America, in America, I found this about tithing. And we're simply talking about the, the tenth to start with here. In America, if the church tithe, okay, so the church attenders, the people that go to church on a regular basis, that's about 20% of our population in America. Only about 20% of Americans go to church on a regular basis. If In America, if the church, the people that regularly go to church, would tithe the t- a 10%, give a tenth, the churches in America alone would have $300 billion more billion of ministry monies. That's a lot of money. You watch the news and you see what's going on in our world and uh, stimulus this and give money here. If, if, if God's people tithe, there'd be $300 billion in American churches a year, more than $100 billion that there is. Currently, uh, currently it says this. These are some statistics. Are a couple years old. Christians give about uh, Christians in churches give about two point five percent in the Great Depression. So that's that's a couple years ago. Two point five percent in the Great Depression. Churches or Christians in churches uh, gave three point three percent. So not even in the Great Depression are we coming anywhere close to the to the three point three. Currently, only 10 to, 15, 10 to 25% of any congregation gives a full tithe, and only 3 to 5 Americans give regularly. 3 to 5% of, the, of Americans give regularly to the church. What would $300 billion do, just to give you the, the figures that go with it? $25 billion is estimated needed to relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from prison preventable diseases in five years. That's $25 billion. $12 billion needed to eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically at places in the world where 1 billion people live on less than $1 a day. I share those figures, and, and don't walk out of here saying, man, the, the pastor is really trying to guilt me into giving. That's an example. That's an example where, where if God's people, we're called to be the hope in the light of the world. If, if we are faithful to, to what we can control, because if you have a billion dollars, come talk to me after the service, all right? We'll, we'll talk about that. But, but, but most of us today, we come in and, and we look at the story and we wouldn't probably associate ourselves in this, in this story of, of Jesus with, the wealthy who put in a bunch of money just so everybody sees them. All right, that's another hard issue we could talk about. But some of us today would say, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of extra, right? I don't have a lot of extra. And, and if you're a follower of Jesus in our church, 
Here's, here's my challenge to you, that you examine your life so that you can be faithful with your money to Jesus. You could be a faithful giver because we're not going to get to the billions of dollars without simply faithful believers, faithful followers of Jesus who say, you know what, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And, that, and we talk about a 10% tithe. But we have grace, and here, here's where I want to talk about grace, because really when you take about, when you, when you take the Old Testament and you look at Jesus fulfilling everything, when we approach giving, do not approach giving as a, as a part of this church with that attitude that, oh, man, I got I to gotta do this, right? I got it. It's, it's, a, it's a chore. We approach giving to the Lord as something that we get to be a part of. And only God can change that in our hearts. Only God can change it where instead of, oh, man, I got I to gotta do that tithing thing, now it's, you know what, I get to be a part of God's work in my local church, and so I'm going to be a giver because of that. And we're under grace. Here's the great thing. We don't, we, you, did y'all know this, that you could give more than 10%? <laughs> did you know that? Did you know that because of God's grace, you could start there? And I want to tell you, some of my heroes in faith, are pastors who have written books, and as I watch them, I, I say, wow, that's a cool testimony that they build their life where they start at 10% and every year increase their giving and how God continues to bless them. Because some of the, the, the problems that come in our life or the stresses that come, are they come when our finances are upside down. Church people, listen to me. If your finances are upside down because you're buying things that you don't need, right? You heard that, that, that story from uh, Dave Ramsey, another good quote. We buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like, right? Something, something to, to that effect. Some of you are like, I, I don't know if it goes quite like that. Look it up. Look it up. It's a good quote by Dave Ramsey. But that's what we're doing. We're buying things that we can't afford. We're going into debt. Because our finances are upside down. We're not honoring the Lord with, with the way that we're spending our, our money. When we do that, we have self-inflicted problems in our finances. We do have financial trouble. Grace gives us freedom when we give. We get to give to the Lord. When, when people start asking about what it really means to give to the Lord, what, what it really means to give, does the Bible really say this? Does it, does it really say a full 10%? Almost always in my conversations when people, when you're asking that, when I'm asking that of myself, does it, do I really have to do this? It's almost always me trying to hang on to money for something selfish, for me trying to be more focused about me and my finances. Does the Bible really say that is almost always going to point to something away from God's amazing grace? You and I, we need to give to God more than he needs our money. Let me close with this this morning for our church members. Clarify that, all right? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This morning, as, as, I, as I wrap up talking about giving, those three different areas this morning. The best gift you can give if you don't have a relationship with Jesus is your heart to Jesus. 
Not a dollar, not a million bucks. It's your heart to Jesus. If you don't have a church home, it's your, it's your commitment to being a part of a fellowship, a body of Christ. You know, when you're a part of a family, sometimes, sometimes you get along with everybody and sometimes you have to work it out. That's what a church family also is. And when you're committed to that, it's saying, you know what, God's called me here. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to invest in this local church. And then, and then folks that are part of our church, man, we have a very generous church. Man, you guys, you guys that, are, that are a part of our church, you, you, are, you are a generous people. And if you hear me say this this morning, it is to keep being faithful to giving. To, to being a part, not just giving of your money, but also giving of your time and investing in the ministries and serving and, and volunteering. And this morning, if you're part of our church and that doesn't ring true for you, we want you to be a part of that. Whatever the, whatever the Lord's speaking to you this morning, I, I pray that you respond. Philip's going to come and sing us a song. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word and, and uh, allowing us to be a part of your kingdom. Lord, this morning as we tackle a, just a, a subject that is um, uncomfortable for us at different times, Lord, I pray that, that, that honestly that you challenge our church people, that you would challenge us as a church as we set out every, every year to give to missions 10% of our budget and to, to helping others in our community another uh, close to 10%. Lord, as we, as we try to do that, Lord, I pray that those numbers would increase with our church family, that we would help more people through the work and ministry of our church. Lord, I pray for somebody in here today who doesn't know you, and their, their gift to you today is simply themselves, and I pray this morning that they would have the courage to come and visit with me during this song or right after the service. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.